just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you today. I've got a a guest that I enjoy talking to, whether it's here uh, online or on the broadcast show, because he always brings uh, a good word, even though even though uh, he is a graduate of, of TCU, he managed to make something of himself in his life uh, and go on <laughs> and become the uh, pastor of uh, First Baptist uh, Dallas, which is a great church, massive church. Uh, and now he's been for a long time the president uh, of Guidestone Financial Services, which does a really wonderful work for for pastors and, and people in ministry. And we'll touch on that in a second. But he is probably best known now for a series of books that uh, are the Code series. Great books, solid biblical uh, foundation, and very applicable. And the latest Code book is is no exception. It's called The Connection Code, uh, Relationship Advice from, however he says it, Philemon. How do you say Philemon? Uh, Philemon. Philemon, okay, because I hear it different ways, and so, you know. You say tomato, I say tomato. But my guest is O.S. Hawkins. So, O.S., great to have you back on Life Today Live. Hey, Randy, great being with you. And thank you for mentioning TCU. You know, we didn't do very good in football this fall, but thank God Baylor didn't either. So, uh-huh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so, okay, you want to talk football before we get to the good, to the real stuff. No, Baylor I met. I don't want to talk football this year. <laughs> Baylor met all of their low expectations for the season because <laughs> nobody thought they would be good, and they aren't. Yeah. Uh, TCU yeah. was ranked. What were they ranked coming into the season? I, I, I don't, I've erased it from my memory. Yeah, I think according to one poll, is they're in the fifteen range, give or take, according to different right. polls. And uh, now I, 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 it's a little lower than that. So, just a little. Yeah, <laughs> but that's. It's, there's another day. We fight for another day. <laughs> hey, I love being with you guys. Love you, love you, Randy, and your family. I've known for half a century, so just thank you for the opportunity of being with you today. It's always it's always great to have you. And the last thing I'll say about the TCU thing is is you know we moved a couple of years ago, and now I'm in a church, and they're all Brighton Divinity School grads. I'm just surrounded. So, bright Brighton. Oh. TCU's TCU's seminary. Right, that's yeah, right. Well, yeah. well, I've got no comment on that. Oh, okay, well, but they're good people, even though they're okay. Okay, great, great church. I'm at now. <laughs> I'll be there tonight for our small group meeting. So anyway, all right. So that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, and in fact, this might go against everything in the connection code, bringing up a divisive topic for which we can argue as a way to establish a good relationship. But I think we have a relationship, so we can we can joke about it. But Get us into a little bit um, the, the connection code because you know you, you talk about issues with with people in their lives. I mean relationships. Yeah. If it's not top, it's in the top three. Well, you know, lot everything in life is about relationships, and uh, you know, a lot of people they go to seminary, they get their head full of all the theology and homiletics and hermeneutics and everything <laughs> else they need, and get out there in the pastorate and don't know how to deal with people. Mm. And the same is true in business, same is true anywhere. So life's about relationships. And so this little letter that Paul wrote to Philemon, only 25 verses, five or six paragraphs, 
is the greatest case study and how to build and maintain positive and productive human relationships. Because the, the thesis is, the bottom line is this, Randy, we only have three relationships in life. There, we have an outward expression, that's a relationship we have with each other, in the social arena, at home, at the office, at church, wherever we are, we're made to connect with each other in these outward expressions. <clears throat> then we have a, in, an inward relationship, that's a relationship we have with ourselves. I don't care what you call it, self-worth, self-respect, whatever you have. You have to get up in the morning and shave and look in the mirror or put on your makeup and look in the mirror. We have a relationship with ourselves. And so much, and Susie and I have been married 53 years, and fortunately not had very many arguments at all. But the ones we've had generally or something happened to me at the office or I got something built up inside of me and I come home and project it. So we have that inward relationship. Yeah. Then there's one other thought. It's awesome. And that's what separates us from all the other created order. And that is that we have the capacity to enter into an upward relationship with God through Jesus Christ and come to know him in the intimacy of father and child. So here's the bottom line. We're never going to be properly related to each other. People out there trying to get in right relationship. We're never going to be properly related with each other until we're properly related to ourselves. And that's never going to happen until we come into a relationship with God through Christ, find our self-worth in Christ. Paul said, Christ in me, the hope of glory, and and discover how invaluable, how valuable we are to Christ, and then let that love of Christ issue throughout our life to others. And that's what Paul is trying to drive home to Philemon. You know, I, I'm really glad you brought that up because so many times we, we you know, either we're in a situation especially in like a marriage or family situation where it's close and we, and we want to fix the relationship. Um, but we're broken and we're not really in a relationship with the Lord that even gives us the, the compass to navigate ourselves or other people. Uh, I, how, I mean, you, you stated it well, but man, I just, I can't overemphasize how if you've got broken relationships with other people, before you try to fix that, get to yourself and get to start with God. Fix your relationship with God. Let him fix you. Yeah. 100%. In most broken relationships, it never dawns on some of us that we could have any any, any uh, part of the problem. It's <laughs> right. always somebody else's issue. Yeah. And so, again, this is what, you know, th this whole letter, Paul, you know, Paul went to Colossae on a missionary journey, a city called Colossae. He led a, a wealthy entrepreneur by the name of Philemon to Christ. And Philemon got so turned on to the Lord Jesus Christ, he started a church in his home. Paul left, went on, continued on his missionary journey. Sometime later, he got incarcerated, put in prison in Rome. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back in Colossae, Philemon had this servant that ripped him off and ran off, robbed him, and left for the bright lights of the big city of Rome. We don't know what happened, but he got thrown in jail. He got busted, and he ended up in a cell with Paul. <laughs> His name was Onesimus, and Paul leads Onesimus to Christ. And when, when Onesimus finds a new life in Christ, his first impulse is, i got to go back and make restitution and repentance, and i got to go back and make it right with Philemon. Mm -hmm. So Paul writes this letter from prison to Philemon. 
He said, going to drop a bomb in there and say that I want you to take Onesimus back no longer as a servant or a doulos, a bondservant, but as a, a dear brother. And if he owes you anything, charge it to me hmm. and uh, receive him like you would receive me. And so before he does that, he in the first paragraph, he starts, Randy, without, with what I consider the most dynamic thing in building relationships, affirmation. He gives him a pat on the back. He says to him at the beginning of the letter, Philemon, your love has given me great hope and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Mm. Now, you and I have got get letters from a lot of people. And, you know, if I get a letter from somebody and in, in, in the very first paragraph, they're saying, hey, thank you for what give me a pat on the back. I sit up. I want to read the rest of that letter. And that's what he did. Affirmation is so important. I had a high school English teacher over in Fort Worth years ago, back in the 60s, that literally changed the way I thought about myself with one simple pat on the back. And this is what Jesus did. He went around affirming people. He met a woman taking an adultery. He said, look, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. He, he, it, when he was baptized, the Father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son, and him I'm well pleased. You know, every kid needs to know dad believes in him. Every Every wife needs to know that her husband believes in her and uh, affirms her. Every every athlete needs to know the coach. Every student needs to know the teacher believes in them. Affirmation is very important. And Randy, we've got listeners right now that probably hadn't heard a word of affirmation from somebody in years and years and years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, let, me, let me ask you a question here, but, and, and I don't mean to I hope this doesn't sound wrong, but, but What's the difference between kissing up to somebody to set them up for something you want and real right. affirmation? Well, it, real affirmation, all right, uh, here's what real affirmation has to be. First of all, it has to be personal. It has to be personal between you. It's not, it's not say, hey, Randy, go tell James I appreciate, appreciate our friendship and what he's done. No, I've got, I've got to go tell James that. Mm-hmm. It has to be personal. It has to be positive and truthful. You know, you, you know, you, well, you, you, you did this. Uh, you, that's the best you could do. You did the best you can. No, it has to be positive. It has to be present. You can't real legitimate affirmations, not saying, Hey, thank you for what you did five years ago. No, it has to be right now mm-hmm. in the now in the present. It has to be pointed and specific, not just say, Hey, appreciate you, buddy. No, mm. Tell them why specifically it is. And it has to be passionate. It has to come out of your heart. It has to be real. So you can, we're not talking about manipulation here. It's easy to try to manipulate that. But you're never going to get on to what he does in these next few paragraphs with Philemon if you're just trying to manipulate him into giving you an ear. Yeah. So it has to be legitimate affirmation. Yeah. All right. Well, then take us where he goes next, because this, this gets real interesting real fast. Okay. <laughs> so then he drops the bomb on him, and he says, uh, uh, look, I want you to take him, but formerly he was useless to you. Now he's useful both to you and to me. That's that win-win principle in relationships. When we're in relationship with people, you know, some people and some dads, Play win-lose. Hmm. In this relationship, I'm going to win every argument, every little detail, everything. I'm going to win. I'm going to keep my thumb on you, and you have to lose everything. And that kid goes to college, and then later he never comes home, and they both end up losing. Yeah. 
win lose is not the way. Or lose wins. Some people have such little self-respect. They think the only way they can have a relationship with someone else is let them all put them on a pedestal, always let them win every argument, do everything. People don't have respect for that. Mm -hmm. Some play lose-lose. In other words, they've lost in life. I'll have a relationship with you as long as nothing good happens to you. But you're a loser like me. (laughs) But the way Paul is saying to Philemon, he's saying, look, this is a win-win. You take him back no longer as a servant but as a slave, and he's going to be useful to you and to me. All three of us are going to win in this relationship when you do the right thing. And the right thing is what he gets at in the next paragraph, and that's forgiveness. Yeah. And that's the key to, to, to broken relationships and what really true forgiveness is. And, you know, I, for, for a man, uh, Philemon, who has been wronged by someone, that can go against your sense of justice, go against your pride, uh, go against a lot of your natural desires. So this is a pretty big ask. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people pray the Lord's Prayer, and they say, "Father, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us." I don't think they mean that, hmm. because some people deal with relationships like, "Look, well, I'll forgive him, but I'm not going to have anything else to do with him." Hmm. I don't think we want God to forgive us like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so two things have to happen, uh, Randy, in, in 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 genuine forgiveness, and that is there, there there's an offending party, the party whose offense brought about the broken relationship, and there's an offended party, the one who was offended. And, and truth truth of the matter is, in most relationships I know, there's a little bit of both in both of us and yeah. all of us. But by by and large, here in our story. Onesimus is the offending party, and Philemon is the offended party. So two things have to happen. There must be a repentant heart on the part of the offending party. Yeah. Now, I don't, not just remorseful, not just sorrowful. That's not repentance. A rich young ruler went away sorrowful, mm-hmm. but he didn't repent. It's not just regret. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, I regret I did that, but that's not repentance. Pontius Pilate washed his hands in a basin of water and regretted what he did, but he didn't repent. Wow. It's not reform. In other words, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. I'm going to do better in this relationship. I'm going to start again. No, Judas did that. He took the 30 pieces of silver, gave them back to the priests in the temple. Mm. Repentance is a change of mind that will, affect, uh, that will affect a change in our volition that will affect a change in our action. Best illustration is the prodigal son. First, he changed his mind. Verse 17 of Luke 15, it says, and he came to himself. And then he changed his will. The next verse says, I will arise and go to my father. Then the next verse, it changes. Actually, he arose and went home. So there must be a repentant heart on the part of the offending part. But that's not enough for reconciliation. There must be a receptive heart on the part of the offended party yeah. must be able to forgive and to move on and to accept the, 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 the uh, repentance of the, of the offending party. Right, right. And mo- Randy, I was a pastor for decades. Most of the relationships I saw that got broken, that didn't get mended. It was not because the offending party wasn't truly repentant. Hmm. It was because the offended party just could not m- bring themselves move themselves to uh, forgive and to turn the page to a new chapter. And, you know, it's easy to go, yeah, I forgive. But the reconciliation step, uh, and, and again, I appreciate you laying out what has to happen because 
reconciliation is not just going back into an abusive relationship. But when exactly. when that turn, I love the definition in the Greek of repentance as turning around because when you if I'm walking this way and I turn, I'm not walking that way anymore. I'm walking a different right. direction. And so yes, when that does happen though, uh yeah, I mean the reconciliation is a hard part for a lot of people. Uh, what what do you where do you go with that when when you've got a truly repentant person who wants to and in a, in a sense needs to reconcile with the one they've offended, but the other one is not 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 receptive to it. That, that's a real that's a tough place. Yeah, and the well, I would just simply say, and this sounds I don't mean to over spiritualize it, but the shortest way to anyone's heart is through the throne of grace. And, you know, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty unto God to the pulling down of these strongholds. So that that offended party probably is not receiving them back, maybe because of pride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we pull, pull those strongholds down or, 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 or any kind of stronghold there might be that is there. But the truth of the matter is, uh, if they can't move themselves to forgive and to begin again, uh, there's there's little hope of a restoration yeah. of true biblical reconciliation. You know, next next thing Paul does here in this letter to him uh, is he he lets him know that he's committed to him. Mm. He says, you know, I know that you're going to do even more than I ask. Mm. Well, when Paul re- when Philemon reads that, he says, Gosh, Paul believes in me. He he's committed to. Me. But then he says, Listen. I want you to take Onesimus back. He's my own. He's like my own son. And he said, if he's if he owes you anything, charge it to me. Mm-hmm. Put it on my account. Now, man, when when Philemon read that, he said, "Uh oh, he's committed. <laughs> yeah, he's committed to this relationship." And you know, Randy, I think that may be the lost word in a lot of relationships: commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I know dads that are committed to their work. I mean, they're going to be there time to start until time to finish and commit themselves to it. They're committed to their favorite teams. They're at the games. They're re- I wonder if every father I know has made a conscious commitment, for example, to fatherhood, because commitment is, is a, is, there so many relationships just go from one to another, every, every, everything, because they're committed to their happiness and if they get in a relationship and it busts, they just move on to the next relationship and repeat the same process over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Commitment is so vital in a relationship with one another to, to know that we are truly committed to each other. Uh, but then, Randy, you know, I love the way he ends this letter. He says, uh, by the way, Philemon, get the guest room ready because as soon as I get out of prison, I'm coming by and see you. <laughs> In other words, now Philemon reads that. He says, uh-oh, he's going to check up on me. <laughs> he's coming over here. He's going to hold me accountable. He's going to check up on me and see if I've done what he's asked. Accountability is vital in in relationships with one another. You know, I, Susan and I own our own home. We had to replace some eaves the other day that they weren't the leak, roof wasn't leaking, but the wood was starting to rot. We call it preventive maintenance. I have a car every 5,000 miles. I take it in for a checkup. I have a body, not much of one, but for 42 years, every year I go to Ken Cooper, get a physical because 
most of what goes wrong with my house or my car or my body does so because of one word, neglect, Mm -hmm. neglect. And if that's good for cars and houses and physical things, it's good for relationships to be held accountable. You know, there was a, there was a guy, I was saved when I was 17, Sagamore Hill Baptist Church in Fort Worth. Your dad preached in that church and Fred Swank loved your daddy. This is back in the sixties. I was 17, been to church five times. I count on one hand how many times I'd ever been to church, never heard a prayer in my home, never saw the Bible open. And that morning I heard the gospel for the first time and embraced it. It was probably months before I ever heard the word repentance, but I know I repented that day because immediately I started loving what I used to love, uh, hate and hating what I used to love. Things I used to like to do on Friday night, had no more desire to do them. Things I never thought I'd want to do, hanging around a bunch of people who look like you and your family and Christians, I found my <laughs> greatest joy in doing. And I was 17, and there was another teenage boy there that day so that, that was in church that day when I was saved. We immediately became best friends. We didn't know what to call it, but we entered into an accountability relationship with a Jack, Jack Graham. He's pastor of the Preston Wood Baptist Church over here in Dallas. And for all those years, from our teenage years now into our 70s, we have been in an accountability relationship with one another, mm-hmm. holding each other accountable to the gospel. We all need, you know, I'm accountable to Susie, my wife. I don't do what I want to do. I, we, we need accountability. You know, knowing Jack Graham, I, I think that you got the heavier end of that load. Oh, my goodness. You can't imagine <laughs> how many times I've had to go to him and rebuke him over and over and over. In fact, I'll, I'll, before the day's over, I'll find something to do again for <laughs> Okay, but seriously, though, you, right now, it, I, one of the things that's really come onto the radar, people writing books about it, you hear about it, and I don't just mean in the Christian world. I mean out in the secular world. We're talking about issues of isolation and loneliness. Loneliness. Is this not the recipe for that right there? A hundred percent and one thousand percent. And, you know, it's it's in our taking the initiative. You know, for example, just take that first paragraph when he writes and he, and he says, your love has given me great hope and encouragement because you, brother, refresh the hearts of the saints. Somebody listening to us right now saying, man, I wish somebody pat me on the back like that. I hadn't had anybody affirm me in a long time. Well, why don't you find somebody today you can affirm? Somebody you can give a pat on the back to, and you just might find out the truth of Galatians that says whatever we sow in our heart, we'll also reap, because it'll come back to us. Uh, so So that's such a vital part of relationships, and that is our taking the initiative. Many people don't have ongoing relationships because they don't take the initiative to sit down, write a note to somebody, give somebody a phone call just to stay in touch. Yeah, so good, so true. All right, this is the book. It's The Connection Code. I also want to show you a website here. This is oshawkins.com. And OS, before I let you go, man, you gotta you got to let people know what uh, great work that, that you're able to do uh, largely because of the sale of books just like The Connection Code. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. You know, The, the Connection Code is the 15th in a series of code book devotionals, starting with the Joshua Code, 52 scripture verses every believer should know. You know, people read the Bible, they get, they get in Genesis, they start, they get the Leviticus. If they get that far, they get bogged down. If they start the New Testament with Matthew, they're immediately in chapter one introduced to dozens of names they can't pronounce. <laughs> so I picked 52 verses in the Bible that if everybody would 
read those verses, memorize those verses, one a week for 52 weeks, and there's Bible study material about them there. It's called the Joshua Code, and it took off, Randy. It sold, it sold almost a half a million just itself. And then we followed it up with the Jesus Code, 52 scripture questions every believer should answer. There's the Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible, the Prayer Code, 40 Bible Prayers Every Believer Should Pray, the Promise Code, 40 Bible Promises Every Believer Should Claim. Now this, this one, the Connection Code, this book on relationships. And we're so blessed that they've sold uh, well over 3 million copies mm, now. And I can say that and talk about it because I don't get one dime from them. All the royalties and proceeds from all the code books go to Mission Dignity. We're on a mission to bring dignity to some forgotten folks, and that's retired pastors and their widows. They pastor out in the highways and hedges. Never made enough to live on, much less retire on. Most of them lived in the church owned home. Had to get out of it when they retired, had nothing. And a few years ago, we could give them $50 a month to help them. Now, the books have been so successful, the neediest get $750 a month. I'm talking about thousands of these pastors and widows. One 87-year-old pastor's widow wrote me not long ago, and she said, I get to eat at night now, and it's not just a piece of toast. So everybody, every time somebody buys one of the code books, uh, all those royalties go to support those precious people that are out there in Mission Dignity. You can find out more about all of them at oshawkins.com. Find out more about Mission Dignity there also. And if you pick up the connection code, not only will you support a great work, you will get a solid biblical foundation to build those better relationships. Uh, and so I, I would recommend it. Uh, all of the code books are really good for getting you into Scripture, not not just in a way that is, it is a great study. It's a great application. And I think when you do these things that O.S. Hawkins is bringing out of Scripture, put them in your lives, your life just gets better. And so does the life, do the lives of those around you. So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. Um, you, you'll come back thank again, you. maybe? I'll do it. And thank you for saying that, because the whole secret, what you just said of the code books is, I'm not trying to get the people into the Word of God. I'm trying to get the Word of God there you go. into people. There you go. And that's what makes a difference in our life. Thank you, Randy. I love, love being with you always. I appreciate you. I appreciate all you guys out there watching, whether live or in the replay. Uh, hit share. And maybe hit share with someone that you're going to put this into motion and reconcile with uh, repentance and forgiveness in, in the mix. But whatever your relationships are, they will be better when they're based on Scripture. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you again next time.